On this episode, we're joined by Zach Mobius, founder of Dexata App. We discuss how to improve the client experience with online coaching. Zach explains how to cut your check-in times with clients by 75% and how a good client can make you $60,000 each one. As always, if this episode helped you or brought you value, please do me a favor and share it with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. Hey everybody, welcome back to Build Your Wealth Muscle. For those who may be first time listeners, thank you for joining us. But I'll give you a quick rundown on we have two show formats. The first one is a solo where I'll go really deep on specific areas of finance, tax, wealth management, deep dives, and the tactics to help you implement things on your own if you're not working with anybody. And the other type, like today, will bring on a guest who's either a colleague of yours in the fitness space or someone who's supporting the fitness space like today. Let's bring on Zach Mobius. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, really appreciate it, man. I think we've had a few of these talks before, but it's kind of nice to sit down where the uh, the people can listen in because I feel like you cover so much in like a good Zoom call. And then you're like, I really wish I could share this. So yeah, pumped to see where we go today. Yeah, it's. I like bringing on people like yourself because obviously it's cool when I have people who are in the fitness space like as fitness coaches. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool because I consider you and I like colleagues. Like we're like, we support the industry. We're not necessarily in the industry. Like I'm not, I've never been a coach. I think you have, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? So let's start there. Like, how did you get into fitness? how did you get into the fitness business? Yes, that's a really good place to start because I I think it's always interesting why someone's doing what they're doing. Like, I would love on a separate episode, we can go into why you're doing tax. But for me, (laughs) I almost died when I was 13 from bottom meningitis. So two days after Christmas, woke up, kind of fell out of bed, just felt really off. And then progressively got worse that day from going to the pediatrician. He's like, ah, like maybe like watch your fluids and you're okay to ending up in the ER and like forgetting two days of my life. So in that interim had had a grand mal seizure, um, seized, coded, got brought back to the defibrillators. It was like something described as the scene of the ER where my mom got pulled off the gurney and I got wheeled away to be worked on. So you, you kind of take that and like ever since then, I've just been trying to figure out, okay, like, why did this happen? And like, why am I still here? And I've had a really big fascination with health, like health and well-being, because like, I got a second chance at that. And I think you fast forward into college and my early career, where I kind of forgot about that. Like, it's really easy to like go to school. And then I don't know what it was like for you. But I think for like myself and a lot of other people that went to university, you, you kind of just like, okay, like, what am I doing with my life? Let me pick something that I think like I can make money with because like, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> um, so I, I did accounting and supply chain and ended up working for uh, Lockheed Martin at a school doing operations and analytics and then found my way into tech, working for Uber, doing operations and then strategy work. And 
when I was at Uber, I started doing these lunch and learns on nutrition, on diet, on changing your habits, because it was stuff that I found really cool. And then I was looking at what I was doing and I loved the work. It was really cool to think strategically how to solve problems at scale. But I was really missing something of connecting with people one-on-one, helping them get better. Uh, My wife, then girlfriend at the time, was in medical school. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just like, I'll become a doctor. That's the the path for this. And then I, I looked at the like the map to get there. And I was like, okay, so if I start now, I've got like two years of undergrad classes that I have to take. And then I've got med school and then I've got residency. So I was like, realistically, I'm like 38 before I'm actually like working with somebody in the wild. That doesn't seem super, like, and I was like 25 at the time. Um, <laughs> that doesn't seem super efficient. So let me look at other ways to do it. And I found online coaching and I was like, okay, cool. I'll start as an online coach. And when I got an online coaching, I was like, this is awesome. I can just do my Uber 70 hour week job. I can be an online coach because it's super scalable. And once I got into it, I was like, yeah, it's supposed to be scalable from the onset. But like when you're talking to clients and you're trying to figure out what's going on, it's really hard to run a business. Like I felt like I was spending half my time following up with people saying like, hey, like how was your digestion? How was your sleep? Oh, like you weren't like compliant with your nutrition last week. Please tell me why. And I looked at what I was doing and I was like, I can't scale this to a meaningful business right now. And then I went to a mastermind with a ton of other coaches and I realized the industry had some brilliant coaches, people that like, if you went to, could get you sorted on your right track, understood blood work, understood hormones, like the whole gamut. But they were constrained by the fact that like, they were really bad at business. Like they weren't doing things in a scalable way the way everything was set up was a mess. And like, as a result, they were really overwhelmed. And it just kind of brought me back to the doctors that had worked on me when I had meningitis. And I was like, well, if they were overwhelmed and burned out, like, would I still be here? So I kind of looked at what I was doing and said, I don't think my path is in helping people one-on-one, which I like do enjoy. It's more, how do I give people, fitness coaches, the right tools to be able to scale a successful business so they can help more people? And that's ultimately why I created my company, Dexata, to really help coaches take someone, understand the next best action in working with them based on their metrics, their progress, and really streamline the entire coaching process and then get clients better results. But they can also grow their business and help more people. Because like some a coach that can help just 20 people, yeah, you may be able to make a living. But imagine if that coach could help 50, 100 people with the exact same amount of time they would get more fulfillment, they would have more money, more people would get help. And like, you just see the ripple effect of that being so much more positive. That's so true. And what, so what are you, what are you seeing out there as the increasing capacity that your company provides? So the top coach on our platform has 140 clients and they save 25 one to one. Yeah. Wow. So and most of the checking yeah. in how often weekly? Checking in weekly. That's amazing. So that coach saves 25 hours a week, conservatively, if you're just looking at like just check-in times. So you're able to scale your impact and also you're not worried about capping at your business as you grow. Because what happens to a lot of coaches is they focus on growth. Okay, like I need to, I've gotten past the stage of, I know what I'm doing. And now I need to like really hamper down on the sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And once they finally figure that out, which like some coaches do, some coaches don't, they end up capping out at like 25 to 25 clients or 20 to 25 clients. Sure. And like the only industry solution that's been provided is like you need to hire an assistant coach. Well, 
two main concerns with that. One, like, yeah, there is a time to do that. But two, whenever you're bringing somebody else into your business, you're just scaling any, like any inefficiency you have. So like the reason you're capped out is you are inefficient. Right. You're just bringing somebody else into that mess. And then if you look at it down the line, like the only solution is to build some sort of like a fiefdom of assistant coaches where you have like one person and 10 assistant coaches, each getting like each cutting into the revenue that you'd be making for your clients. So sure. You're getting paid less, even though your top line looks great. And then you also introduce this little thing that nobody wants to talk about of managing people, which (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you, but like, it's the toughest and it is the hardest skill in business to manage a team and get them to do what you want them to do. If you can do it, you can do amazing things, but most people don't have that skill and capacity right out of the box. You have to build it up. Yeah, no, you're, you're completely right there. Like. Um, on my team, I, I outsource a lot of the, the work, so I don't consider them, but my assistant, yeah, that was a transition being like, like even now, like I just assume people can read my mind, like, (laughs) you know, like I'll change something and then we'll have to have a conversation about what the new system is that I just changed in my head over the weekend. And (laughs) so, um, but so that's pretty cool. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. Cause I, I think that's amazing. So if someone typically can do manage 25 people or yeah, 25 clients, your system on average would probably take them what, like double it. I know that person that one forties, maybe that's on the, is that average or is that, do you think he's, he or you she could, is an extreme? No, I think you could double or triple it. I think if you just break down how much time you're doing for a check-in, how much time you're spending looking up information to prepare for that, how much time you're spending keeping your clients on track and all of those little efficiencies as well. Like the goal for this is to have somebody be able to run a 50 to hundred person business by themselves working a reasonable amount of time. Cause like none of this is nearly as attractive. Like, yeah, you can manage hundred clients, but it's going to take you 60 hours a week. Right. Like on average, the check-in process for a coach takes between four and seven minutes. So if like you just want to do the math on that, like we'll just say five, uh, cause I don't feel like multiplying out by seven, uh, <laughs> five times 50 is 250 minutes a week. That is a little like that's four hours and 15 minutes roughly. Right. Uh, if you just do 250 divided by 60. So like if you can spend four and a half hours giving all your clients what they need and then spend the other like rest of your week, marketing, selling, getting people in, you can reasonably work between 20 and 40 hours, depending on like what your aspirational goals of your business make a six figure income, have an impact on a lot of people and have something that is like scalable that you don't have to constantly put a lot of effort in to see if it breaks. Cause I think the underlying issue why a lot of coaches cap out at 20 to 25 clients, that the deficiency that I was talking about before is everything's on them and nothing's systematized. Yeah. So like if they're not turning the crank on following up with people on doing the sales and marketing on doing the fulfillment, nothing happens. And the worst part about that is like, if they're not doing that, being constantly attentive, clients get bad results. And a client that gets bad results is negative for your business versus somebody who like absolutely crushes it. So what are you finding now? So five minutes per call, obviously we add in like, this guy some transition, mm-hmm. but um, what are you seeing right now is like when people come to you, you yeah. can, you can say, Hey, like, I think I can get you down to five minutes. What do you, what are they usually starting at? They're normally starting at 15 to 20. Okay. I would say like 20 is about the average when you start to add up. 
the call, gathering information. And like, that's, this is just the check-in. So they're getting 75% of their time back. Yeah. Which makes sense. They get 75% of the time back. That's why they can triple the amount of clients with some overlap of like, you know, obviously the transition between one call to the next, but yeah, you're, you're tripling the amount of clients, but it's also easier to do. Cause like one of the big things that I found when I was like going through it is like, you just spend so much time trying to get the right information to make the right decision. Cause yeah. like, that's all like anything business helping someone coaching is it's understanding the current situation. It is implementing some sort of solution. It's getting feedback on that and figuring out what to do next. It's like everything kind of boils down to the scientific method in some sense of like hypothesis, action, feedback, back into it or result feedback. So yeah. you're doing the same thing with coaching, except when I looked at like what was taking me the most time, like nutrition stuff and training stuff, like is one part of the equation, but there's this whole other lifestyle component to like qualitatively, how do you feel? Like, are you motivated by the progress you've currently made? Like, are there setbacks in your life that are causing you to be stuck? How's your sleep? How's your digestion? I think when you just look at one side of the coin, you're like, okay, cool. This is what we should do. And that turns out to be not the right solution. So the biggest efficiency I found that a lot of coaches have gotten is you can understand what I call the next best action to do. Cause you're looking at the quantitative data of how compliant they've been with their nutrition, with their habit, how's training going. You can also look at the qualitative data on how's their sleep, how's their digestion and combine that with the lifestyle factors of like, do you currently feel good about your progress? Like, How's everything going? What were your wins this week? What were your like lessons and feedback? And when you look at all of that in one place, it gives you a holistic snapshot of what's going on. It's like for your clients, if you just look at top line revenue, it's really easy to like grab the pom-pom flags and be like, yeah, you're like absolutely crushing it. Like it's going up month over month. But as soon as you expand the rest of the balance sheet and you realize that like, oh, like you're spending way more than you're making. Like this is, <laughs> it becomes something where like, I know exactly what to do. To we now have this more complex system of we need to really get all these things in the right direction to give like insight that's actually going to move you forward. So let's, I think that's pretty cool because, so for anyone listening, can we talk about what is in the app? Because that all sounds amazing. So like, what are the quantitative things? What's, what does the client do? Like walk us through like a, like an audio version of your, your demo, I guess. Um, so coaches can see how this could actually and, and I guess also, if you don't mind comparing, it's like what's out there that people might be using, like, this is why it's an upgrade. I mean, if you don't mind going into that. Yeah. So I think if you look at what's out there, the big competitors and like, they've crushed it. Um, Trainerize, I think $20 million business, uh, True Coach, MyPT Hub, um, a little laundry list of other ones. I think when you look at those, they're very, I would say training based to start. Um, they were made for personal trainers and gyms because like when they came up in the industry, that's what there was like yeah. this new thing of online coaching. I don't think we realized that like, it's a pretty recent thing and it's only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, especially with COVID happening. And like a lot of these gyms and PTs being forced online. But if you look at the model where everything else is set up, it's still kind of set up to maximize personal training businesses. You also see that in their marketing. But right. what I found was when you just focus on the training and maybe you have some nutrition, you have like one very small piece of the puzzle and you honestly have the piece that matters the least for like gen pop and the people you're serving. If you're programmed for competitive athletes, then like, yes, I would love to know like what your mesocycle looks like and like what all these things structured look like and how you're hitting your lifts. 
But for Gen Pop, if we're trying to help like Cindy lose weight, like I don't really care as much about like what you're doing exactly programming in the gym. But I care a lot about your stress factors. I care a ton about your biofeedback. I really care about nutrition and habits. And like those are the things that when you have the biggest levers for change, those are it. And like I love training. I think it's a super powerful tool. But until you can see and move somebody's nutrition, somebody's habits, and understand how biofeedback feeds into both of those, which is really like what Dexata was built around, then I think like you as a coach are playing with like a shorthand if you don't have those. So the way we laid our app out is really centered around the check-in process itself. Okay. I think like when you look at online coaches, the check-in process really is that like core atomic unit. Uh, if you want to go back to James Clear and Habit, like that's the thing that has to happen for everything else to happen. So we started there and said, okay, like how do we optimize this? The first thing it looks like is actually the check-in process for the like the client itself. Because like if they're not having, if your clients aren't having a good experience. And like, you're not going to get good data. You're not going to understand what to do. And they're going to be less motivated. So we kind of looked at, okay, like how do we keep clients motivated on things? That so the clients so, in the app every day, like a MyFitnessPal type of deal. Yeah. So we have okay. enough nutrition tracking and Dexdot actually as well. Um, but when the client logs in, they're going to see two things right off the bat. One is nutrition compliance. The second is habit compliance. Oh, very cool. like when you look at these things, yeah, it's, it's great that we're doing macros or whatever nutrition approach you have. Like we have a ton of different ones you can do. But when I coach someone, like the first thing I want them to do before we get into anything complex is like, can you just be consistent on tracking things and like being compliant with your nutrition, being compliant with your habits? Because if you skip that step, you're always going back. Like you're like, oh, we need to adjust your nutrition plan. But like what's really happening is like they're not complying with the current plan. <laughs> They're not doing the habits you set out. So like the client can see right off the bat, okay, like not how well am I doing with my weight loss? How yeah. well am I doing just following the thing, following the plan, which gets them to buy in. Cause like the goal then becomes like not how the scale is moving. The yeah. goal becomes like, how do I get better at executing the activities that are going to move me forward? Second thing they're going to see is what their progress is towards their goal. So we have a phase structure you can set up in the app. So like a client understands like, is this a fat loss phase? Is this a maintenance phase? And how are they progressing on that? I think when you look at the entire journey of weight loss, it's really easy to get unmotivated because you're like, crap, I have to lose 50 pounds yeah. to be able to fit in that bikini that I had from high school uh, or like early college. Like, how am I going to do that? But when you can break it up, it's, it's so much more psychologically freeing of like, okay, for the next four weeks, we're focused on this and then I can pick my head up. After that, we really get to the collection part. So every day clients submit less than 60 second survey that gathers all of your biofeedback metrics. And these are customizable by coach. So if you want to track libido, digestion, mood, energy, focus, hunger, whatever, client goes in, logs in, gives you that information. But what's really cool about that is like once you have that, you can then show that progress to the client. And it again, like, when I looked at setting this up, I looked at like, where do people struggle the most with weight loss and change? It's yeah. the fact that like the only measures of progress you have are binary. It's like, yeah. did the scale go up or down? Did the weight <laughs> on the bar go up or down? Like did my mile time, like did my time decrease? But like those things are impacted by so many other lifestyle factors. So what I wanted to do is, okay, if we understand this biofeedback data, we can then make the story around that. So when somebody yeah. comes in and like, Let's be honest, for a lot of fitness transformations and coaches, you spend the first four to six weeks like uninstalling bad habits and reinstalling good ones. Yeah. But like 
in that same period of time, clients are like, okay, like how, like show me progress. I just paid you hundreds of dollars a month um, or thousands of dollars paid in full, however you're selling. But like, I need to get something in my return. Yeah. So you can show how the qualitative metrics are progressing. You earn trust as a coach and you're also able to get the client bought in to the stuff that actually matters. Because if you get your compliance dialed in, if you get the qualitative factors of stress, recovery, hunger, digestion, if you get those in a good place, I'm not saying like the weight jumps off your body, but like it falls off significantly faster than if you just like turn a blind eye to all the factors within that. So every day the clients log in the app and then every week based on what you assign, they'll go ahead and submit progress pictures, submit check-in questions, submit measurements. You customize that as a coach. And then the client can always like look at how their progress is doing. They can compare body comp pictures. They can log nutrition. Uh, we have a full database for that. And then training is coming early next year. So it's really this full stop shop of being able to understand the metrics that matter, but more importantly, showing those metrics in a way that the client understands the progress they're making and feels motivated to keep working. Does the coach have the ability to sort of respond into the app? Like, so mm -hmm. if they're seeing, like, if they let, I don't know, just use hypothetical, like one or one or two of your clients you're really having trouble with. So you're like, let me check in and just see how they're doing on the app. And you see that whatever, you don't, you don't like something that you see. Can you, yeah. do you email them or is there something in the app where you're communicating saying, Hey, this or something. I don't know. Maybe it's terrible so, hypothetical, but <laughs> no, the, the, like you can message in app. It's super easy there. But I think you actually like jumping to the coach side of it. One of the things we really wanted to do is this shouldn't be like a Google form where you're just hopping into somebody's like G drive and you got like 60 of those up to see what you want to do. When you log into the coach side of the app, you can see a bird's eye view of all your clients, their goals, their average and biofeedback. So you can look at all 60 clients and say, okay, like here's who's doing well, here's who's not doing well. And all those are segmented by status. So this was all based on a method of business we were doing at Uber of how do you prioritize 200 plus accounts at the same time to understand who to work with and how do you get them all results? And one of the things that like, we couldn't just dial for dollars once we got so many people. So what we started doing was looking at their status or assigning them a status. Like, is somebody on track? Do they need attention or are they at risk? Because it gamifies the coaching progress of like, you're just trying to turn your reds to yellows, yellows to greens. And like, if somebody's on track and crushing it, they need significantly different coaching than somebody's at risk. Like if you're on track then like, yeah, maybe we update your macros, say good job for last week and you're off to the races. If you're really at risk, like what is preventing you from getting results and what can we do together to start to work those things out? Cause like that is very rarely just like, well, we're going to drop your carbs from uh, 250 to 225 and then you're going to be back on track. That's more like the art of coaching of what are the psychological barriers or things in your life that are preventing you from having the transformation you want to have? And then how do we work together with that? I think that's pretty cool because, I mean, obviously I'm a data-driven person, so that's, that's awesome. So it tracks the habits. Mm -hmm. What would you say from a time perspective for the client compared to some of the competitors? Is it, is it pretty time efficient for them as well? It's like 60 seconds for the biofeedback. And then however that's long like it takes. The, that's like some of the qualitative things like sleep and stuff like yeah, that. Sleep, hunger, digestion. They'll fill out a super quick survey on that. And then awesome. however long it takes them to log their food. So you, you can log it all in apps. You're not having to jump to another app like MyFitnessPal. 
took maybe like five minutes in total. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest, like you want to create a good experience for your client. So I, I mean, I hope the clients spend more time in app because they do like it's reviewing their progress and doing the fun stuff, but you have to make it easy on somebody to give you the information to make the decision. Cause as soon as you make it even a little bit hard for them, like, I mean, you know, we've got so much stuff going on in our life that like, yeah, putting numbers into an Excel spreadsheet, like it sounds super easy. Just like, please do this for me. It is like, I have a coach. And we have a spreadsheet that we've got to put data into. We're working on getting them in Duxata. Um, and it's like the last thing I want to do. And like, I'm in this industry. Like, <laughs> I know the benefits of this, but like pulling up my like tracking account and punching them into a Google sheet, just, it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, when you and I met, this was one of the things that excited me is that I'm, because I've tried exactly that with my clients. Like one of the most important metrics out there, I don't currently have a way to track, which is like, the churn and lifetime value of a client. Yeah. I don't have any way, like all of my software, like tracks, like, like, like you talked about before, like if a, cl- if a coach is spending a ton of time trying to get the data to help the client, that's annoying for both parties. And that's what happens with me when I'm trying to find like, how many new clients did you have? How many did you like dropped off? Like, cause a client has to tell me yeah. it's not on any of like, it's not, that doesn't show up on their like QuickBooks account. So I stopped tracking it because I was like, all I'm doing is harassing these people being like, give me this number, give me this number. So then I can calculate and give you the result. And it's like, that's, that's annoying for everybody. Um, so I'm excited that maybe at one point there, something like yours could be a feed from my clients to me where I'm like, Oh, you have 50 clients, 10 dropped off, 20 started. Like then I can actually run some numbers that would be beneficial to their profit statement. So I don't know if it's, it's currently something similar to that, like, but for them, we're working on that. So by next year, we'll have something like that. So I think that you're touching on like what I think is my, it's become one of my new obsessions with this because I essentially break this down into, okay, there are two ways to grow business. You can get new, like get more clients or you can maximize the value of the clients you have. Like at some point you have to do some sales and marketing and get people into the business. But like the goal of the business should be to like sell someone once and have them never leave. Yeah. But when you look at like what a lot of coaches are doing, it is so much like so focused on the marketing and sales of like, how do I just get somebody in that they're leaving massive amounts of money on the table? Um, if you just do like the quick breakdown of this in a great client is worth at minimum 20 times an average client and significantly more than a negative client. You can, I've got a lead magnet website. You can like download like this, but we can break this down. So like, let's just say like the average paid in full is $3,000 for six months, which is not far off what a lot of coaches are doing. Um, top like coaches that are top tier. If you're just starting out your coaching business, please focus on results. Please focus on like getting people through focus on getting good. And then pricing can raise like that. I think that's a, a separate conversation on like how to price, especially early on. Um, yeah. but when you look at that, like somebody that comes through and gets average results, when you break down their retention, their results and their referrals, so if they're getting average results, like clients leave their business, like leave your business when they no longer perceive value. Yeah. So if they don't think that they're making progress in a way they want to make it, like they're going to leave. So like that average client doesn't resign. So like no additional money from retention. You're then going to results. So testimonials should be the bread and butter of your coaching business. Cause like it shows other people you're doing, like, you know what you're doing, but it's also sure. such a powerful tool in getting other clients into your business. So like, that client is okay results. 
And like an okay testimonial is not super inspiring. And like, you're probably not even going to post it. So like no additional money. I mean, it's true. Like, like if, some, if somebody lost like five pounds over like six months, like I'd be super happy for that person. Um, but if they like 40 pounds to lose, like that's not something like that's going to do worse for your business being like, Hey, like yeah, that's not too inspiring for yeah, yeah. Cindy lost five pounds client. over like Cindy's not going to want to post that. Yeah. Um, so like retention is no. And then you look at referrals. Like if somebody doesn't have good results, like is not going to resign, why in the world would they refer to you? So like, again, referrals is no, that person's worth $3,000, just the money they gave you when they started. But you transition to looking at like, you know, like just a great client. So let's say that like that person realistically resigns for another 18 months, two years. Like, honestly, if you're, you're coaching pretty well, decent lifespan of client. So that's an additional $9,000 that you're getting just on retention. So when you break down results, say that person had like awesome testimonial photos that got you like 10 leads and 40% of those converted. So, and like those people stayed for a year. So that's an additional 12,000 times two, that's an additional $24,000. So right now we've already made 36 more thousand dollars just on retention and results. Next, let's say that person also refers you to people per year for their lifespan of coaching and like they stay for a year. So that's four additional people at six grand, that's 24,000. So like you can see this starts to add up of like Absolutely. you've got an initial like nine grand from retention. You've got an initial 24,000 from, and how about like, please check my math on this. We're doing the supply <laughs> uh, from results. You've got an additional, I think 24K from referrals. And like that stacks up, it stacks up my model to like, it basically comes out $6,000. So like one and person- And not to mention that's no marketing expense on your end. Like that's- Yes. Well, that's if the- you're like, if you're doing this well, and you've put enough people through this, like your clients do the marketing and sales for you. It then just becomes about you sharing their testimonials, their referrals, their results. But like, if you just look at those numbers on paper, Pat and Zach are both your client, but Zach is not getting great results and Pat's crushing it. It's easy to say that both these people were $3,000, but if you look at the lifetime of Pat, Pat is a $60,000 client. We yeah. can start to factor that into how you're running your business, how you are growing things, your focus shifts because it's then on, I need to just pump new clients through to hold on. I need to make sure that I'm putting together a client experience that is going to like improve my retention. I'm getting these people amazing results so that they like one, they're fulfilled. They enjoy it. And number three, I'm making it super easy to refer. Like for a lot of times, if you get someone like crushing results, like they will tell other people about you. But a lot of times they're not going to go out like they may, but like, unless you prompt them and like ask them for it. Like I've got like, again, like I'm super busy. Um, if you ask me my favorite restaurants in Ann Arbor, I will gladly give you a list of my top three, what to order, what the server's name is and like how to get there. But like, it's not something that like on very rare occasions, let's like in a conversation I'm spouting off. So yeah. like, when you can shift your focus in the business to being able to maximize client value, you completely change how your business operates. And like, to your point, it becomes so much easier to run because like you're running it by doing the thing that you are best at, which is coaching. Did you ever read the book by Joey Coleman? Never lose a customer. No, I would like putting that down though. You should, you would love that book. Cause you, what you're saying is his whole book is he's like so many people and I'm going to butcher the, his general philosophy, but 
it's basically companies should, I don't think he says stop marketing, but if they prioritized investing in the client experience instead of marketing, the ROI is exactly what he's saying. He's like, if you do the client experience, and he's like a, a different name for it, but I think his top tier is like these raving fans mm -hmm. that are exactly like you described. They are your marketing machine because they tell everyone, and it's a whole eight-step framework on how to provide a, um, a great experience. And it starts with like the first time they even hear of you. Yeah. To the then like a major step is when they actually give you money because instantly human nature is like um, uh, buyer's remorse. Yep. So he's like, it's like you instantly hit them with like a dopamine hit, reassuring them or something, and then all along the way. Um, and his case study is the banking industry. Hmm. He's like, you have a hundred days to make someone love the experience. If you don't do that, they're, they mentally check out in the first hundred days. Like they might not leave for a while, but they've mentally checked out from ever referring to you. And it's interesting because he, he used the bank industry because we all know like, it's really hard to divorce a bank. Like it's a pain in the butt to like leave a bank that you with because of all the things that are attached to it. Yeah. And the amount of turnover that it's in the banking industry because of this. And they're like, again, this is one of the stickiest industries because it's such a pain to leave. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a really cool book. He's like a super smart guy. I think he's worked for the CIA or something. Like he's a really smart guy. Um, but anyone listening, like it, that's one of the things like I, when I hired my assistant, she hadn't heard of the book, but I went out and I said, I want, like, I wish Joey Coleman would certify people as, as assistants in yeah. his client experience. Cause like my brain doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. Like when, when you listen to the, like I listened to the audiobook, I never read it. Um, when you listen to it, like, or read it, it's, it's a very like empathetic mindset to be able to like put yourself in the shoes. Like yeah. one of the best examples I think he gave was like, like a build a bear or something like that. And he's like having like the, like the huge dopamine effect of like having the kids do it. And like the parents, like you just fork over your credit card. He's like, the kid's like <laughs> obsessed now. And he's like talking about all these, like he gives in the book, not, not the, he should, I tell everyone about this book. Yeah. But like he gives like a horrible example and a great example with like most phases, like a company that's killing it and a company that's like totally screwing up. And so yeah. it's, it's pretty cool, but it's exactly like you said, like if you can, if you can turn a client experience into a raving fan, that is a huge, huge marketing investment. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I, one, I'm pumped to read that, but it, it is very interesting because I think came to a lot of the same conclusions because a lot of my background is with tech and like SaaS, so like software as a service, still service businesses. It's just much more, it, it's much more competitive due to the easily, like the ease of buying and switch, like buying and selling and switching. Cause like when you can sign up for a trial for something and you essentially have 14 days to like get someone to do a, a, a certain thing that you want them to do to see the value of your product or not, like you come up with some really cool data from that. But I think that it hasn't made its way as much into the coaching industry because I think a lot of the industry, the coaching industry has been a lot of sales and marketing focus, which is kind of like a bit opposite of the people that are trying to figure out, okay, like, well, how do we deliver such a good experience that we're ensuring that like, we're going to keep this person for the long haul. It takes yeah. a lot more work and you have to be a lot better at what you're doing. But man, like if you understand like how to get someone results, you can do that at scale. And then you understand at each part of their journey, how are we making this an experience? Something that like they want to tell other people about. Like when you look at, I mean, like this really became an obsession for me, like when I worked at Amazon interning in college, because like you start to look at it and like, 
on the outside, Amazon is like, I order something and it shows up. Like that, that, like that's the, the job it's doing. Sure. Like I want this thing. I need a way to get that thing to me from like A to B. Yeah. But what you get within that is an entire experience of I've got one click ordering, like boom, it's super easy. And like the fastest it shows up is like four to six hours. <laughs> so like it, it's not quite me thinking something and then like the pop tarts right there. Terrible example. Um, <laughs> But like, it's pretty close. So like the experience of that versus like going to UPS and like ordering something or like buying something out of the Sears catalog, which like 30 years ago, 30, 40, like was the thing. Like they've made a trillion dollar business or they, I think they'll be one of the first trillion dollar businesses um, based on that. Yeah. Multi-billion right now. Multi-multi. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that that's so true. Um, I mean, the ease and convenience is off the chain. Like I personally try to stop using them like oh let me support local businesses but they're just so convenient and if you're busy like like you and i are it's like i don't know just hitting the button (laughs) (laughs) um yeah more more this yeah and yeah unfortunately um because even as i was driving in to the office for this recording um andy forsella's podcast was talking about that how he intentionally tries to hire people and not technology because he wants he doesn't want technology to take over all the jobs. And I'm like, that's pretty noble because I know I spend a lot of time trying to see what I can use technology for because that's just rolls to your bottom line. Yeah. Well, um, I think that uh, if you listen to Andy talk, I mean, that's like, dude's a brilliant business guy. Yeah. But I think there are times to automate and there's times to leave in personal touch. Because even we just broke down that example, you could probably automate a lot of the coaching process, but I'm not sure if it would be as effective. Um, I guess let's see here in like three to five years when AI really gets rolling. I think this like chat yeah. GPT stuff is really cool. Um, but I think like the human element of it and like getting someone to experience things, emotions is what really leaves that signature mark of like that person wowed me. That person like gave me an amazing experience. And I think when you look at what Force, first form does, yes, like they have automation and stuff. Cause like it wouldn't be scalable to run a business that big without it. But like they still do a ton of handwritten cards. Yeah. They still like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Their customer service is top notch. Like I think somebody you Andy was talking about like somebody needed like a tire or something and like they're they're like CS rep help with it. So if you can combine those two things of like you have the efficiency of automation, but you also have the personal touch to go above and beyond and really create a get regular experience, like it's not just like a, a one plus one equals two type thing. Like that becomes like a one plus one equals five. Yeah. And the customer experience, as I'm learning again, like I do not consider myself an expert and I try really hard to give a good customer experience. Um, but customer experience can be scalable. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not one or the other, just you have to have a really good idea and do it to have, like systematize it. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into the, the app a little more. How does it work? If so, if I'm a coach listening, can my client, stay on your app if they want to stop working with me or is that kind of like a a nice little hook where you only work with coaches so they would leave the service yeah right now it's like it's a bit of a hook so like if you're nice yeah if the client wants to leave like they can't just jump from one profile to another longer term we'll probably change that um just it's a better client experience and like i think being able to own your own data over time 
Yeah. Um, would be better for clients. So like that'll probably shift soonish, but right now, like if I'm Pat's client and I leave, like that's kind of lost. And I was like, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. I can see both sides of that. Cause selfishly, like a lot of the financial planning tools we have, like they're not available to the consumers. Like you have to go through an advisor to be mm -hmm. on those platforms. So Selfishly, I'm like, that's great because they can't just be like, thanks for inputting all this data for me. Now I'm going to take it on my own and goodbye. Um, yeah. But. And like, so I think like if you kind of zoom out, yes, you'll get people that like would do that. But I think the people that are going to do that are like in one of two camps. Like one, they are so savvy that like they probably don't need a, like, a financial advisor. Um, I think it's helpful to have one at every level. But like there are some people that like know the game smart enough and can do it on their own. Oh, for sure. Or they're in the exact opposite camp. They're the, like the DIYers who are constantly stuck in the exact same situation. <laughs> um, the health version of this is like the people that download the the macro calculator and constantly go through that, but like don't have the results to show for it. <laughs> so I think like to the to the big hook, like it's nice to have that friction point if you're a business to keep people on because like it makes it more sticky. Like there is a switching cost, and like that is going to psychologically impede you if you want to switch. But if you're really focused on building a great business and you have raving fans and like you are so far ahead of everyone else, like the last reason somebody's not going to switch from you isn't like, ah, like it's kind of a pain to remove my data from this. It's going to be like, well, if I go somewhere else, like yeah. how am I possibly going to get this level of value, this level of service? It's why like when you look at the stuff that people frequent, like one, people are like fairly habitual by nature. But two, like once you find a restaurant for like that type of food you like, you tend just to go back to that restaurant because like unless they screw up, uh, and like <laughs> it, it does happen. Um, but like as soon as you find a good Thai place, like you're kind of met with the cost of like, do I want to explore another Thai place and it not be good, yeah. or do I want to go to like the exact same place I like, who like the pho is delicious, the server greets me on the way in, like I, like I know it, like I know what I'm getting, it's amazing. A lot of people default to the latter once they have a good experience. That being said, like this isn't a one and done thing. The interesting thing about experience is like you have to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and like improving it. Cause like if you're not improving it, like entropy is going to get like you're going to fall like victim to entropy and it's eventually going to divulge into chaos. But it's also something that like every time someone goes through, it has to be a good experience. Yeah. I had my favorite restaurant and like, one day we walked in and like the server like smacked my wife. Very like, <laughs> I mean, vivid example. I would never go back there. Like we could have had the best meal of our lives, but like if something negative is attached to that experience, like why would I come back? Yeah. It's the same thing with when you're working with clients. Like you could get them amazing results, but if you like did something that pissed them off and it was your fault yeah. one, one time, like that is enough for them to be like, screw it. I'm jumping ship. <laughs> so I have, Two more questions and we can yep. start wrapping it up. First one is, does Dexata mean something? Is that have like a... Yeah. You... So naming a company is one of the, I think, more creatively difficult things I've done. Because <laughs> <laughs> every idea seems like a bad one. Or it's taken. <laughs> um, so what I was going through there was like, I was looking for like, how do you name a company? And there was an article from the guys from Venmo who vendier is the Latin root to pay. And then they just stacked Mo on top of it because you're like, it sounds like a fun word. And like yeah, now yeah. it's caught on to like, I'm going to Venmo you, which means like, yeah, I'm it's gonna a like, verb now. Yeah, virtually pay you. I'm not sure I said Dexada to be a good verb. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was going That's through that. Somebody is. Yeah. And <laughs> ducks, uh, D-U-X means to guide in Latin. Okay. And I was like, oh, cool. Ducks data. And I was like, sounds terrible. It was like, <laughs> it was like to guide with data makes sense to me. Um, so I just cut the D off and became Duxata, which means to guide with data. Got it. Yeah. And then my last question is, what's your big vision for the company? For me, it's creating a unicorn company that can help a hundred million people by 2033. So hundred million people, hundred million people. I think when you look at the level of change that needs to be there, people like for the first time in history, the lifespan has gone down. Chronic disease makes up the vast majority of cases that we're seeing in the hospital or you're seeing offshoots of that. Like my wife is a gynecologic oncologist. Um, a lot of stuff you see as a doctor is somebody carrying, not, not all the time, like, but like a lot of baggage of like, just like not treating their body well, like not eating right, not exercising. And then you kind of show up on the doctor's door and you're like, fix me. And like, that's a really crappy situation to be in. Like, I, I wish there was more that I could do. But like the level of damage that we have here, like it, it's more about like saving it. I think that's why like the medical system gets blamed for a lot of stuff. Well, I think when you look at the vision of where I think this can go, we need a hundred thousand coaches to coach 200 clients over their lifetime. And each of those coaches help five people tertially. So friends, family, acquaintances, and that gets us to a hundred million. If you want to waterfall it out and do a cool analysis, you can. Um, but I think a hundred million, like, in a decade is enough to really start to transition this from being like lifespan is going down to people prioritizing this. And as yeah. soon as you get people prioritizing this, people start voting with their wallet and with their actions and what they want. And I think that is enough to start to shift the way we look at like staying healthy, the way we look at eating, the way we look at training. And I think it's not going to be something where the government does it. It's going to be more grassroots. And I think when you look at coaching, it's the most effective unit of change. Somebody who has external accountability to other people is 95% more likely to achieve a goal than somebody who is just trying to do it on their own. So I think all of those factors stack up, giving coaches the best tools to do their job so they can coach more people, get them results, and grow their business. That's an awesome goal, dude. Um, I wish you the most success. This is awesome. So for listeners, where can they find you, your company, yeah, you can go to duxata.com. You can hop over to the main page. You can get a free 14-day trial and really just test it out and see if it's for you. Like, is this something that's going to help you grow and scale your coaching business? Is it something that's going to help you get clients better results? And more importantly, is it something that's going to help you stay in the game long enough to have the impact that you want? Because like, that's really what we're trying to combat against is there are so many good coaches who, again, like are great at what they do. But if you stack your business against you, again, like entropy is going to win. And you're going to say like, this is too hard. I'm burned out. I want to go to something else. Like if that's you, that like, that's one less person that can help those 200 people. They can help five additional people that can have the impact you want to have. That's awesome. And where can people find you on social media? Easiest way to find me is going to be at Zach Mobius on Instagram, trying to up my social media game. So <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff on growing and scaling your coaching business there. Yeah, I, I like his content. Give give Zach a follow. And these these two links will be in the show notes for anyone listening that maybe was driving. You just pull over later and click on it. Um, anything else that you want to promote before we wrap it up? Those are the two big things, man. I really appreciate like you giving me a platform, having a good conversation today. And I think that 
if you can start to look at your business holistically, like what Pat says, and hopefully like what I've added some value here today, where if you get the big things right, you can make clients so much more valuable, which means that like they're going to get results. They're going to tell other people. And then you're going to be able to grow and sustain a business as a result. Because I think like build your wealth muscle is such a good way to look at this. Like you are not going to be able to help people unless you have a profitable coaching business. But if you understand how to build a profitable coaching business, you are going to be able to help significantly more people. You're going to have the life that you want to have. And like that's going to keep you in the game, helping people longer and longer and longer. Like I want coaches to be doing this for 10, 20, 30 years. Like how you would look at a career. Yeah, that may evolve over time, but like set your business up right. Give yourself the systems and tools to do so and go out and help more people. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on is and I probably should have started this instead of ending with it, but exactly that you're what you're doing with your app translates more into the financials of the business than I can think of in other, like, especially like the other people that are in like the more marketing space. It's harder for me to see how that translates into like the bigger profit. Cause like you said, you're just working on the sales machine. Hmm. Whereas you're working on the client experience, which in my understanding and research, like that's where the big dollars are yeah. long-term. Like Alex Ramosi talks about that all the time, like decrease churn, increase lifetime value, and it's exponential profit growth 100%. over time. So, yeah. and your, your app seems like it's doing that. And maybe in 2023, it'll sink into my QuickBooks and it'll be amazing. <laughs> so we'll, we'll um, think about the, the, the QuickBooks API integration. Yeah, that would be amazing for, for me tracking churn. But um, thank you so much, Zach, for joining us. It's been, it's been awesome. I appreciate so everybody it. Everybody give you. Zach a follow on Instagram and check out his company. Everything's going to be in the show notes. But thank you for joining us. Sweet. Thank you for joining us this week on Build Your Wealth Muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. For video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at the Pat Darby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.